Today we're going to continue our series, Great Stories of the Old Testament, and we're going to be in the book of Job. And I am so excited to have a band of brothers up here with me. Because here comes the Word of God. And if you would turn with me to Job chapter 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons, three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkey. He had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among the people of the East. His son used to hold feasts in their homes for their birthdays. And they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, an angel came and presented themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with him. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has and on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, the third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting at their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed, and and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me 
what I had, and the Lord taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. One day the members of the heavenly court came against again and present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came along with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well, then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. As you notice in the story of Job, bad things happen to good people. God describes Job as blameless and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. Yet Job he loses all his material possessions, over 11,000 animals. He loses his 10 children and all of his workers. And if that wasn't enough, Job is afflicted with painful sores covering his body, even the bottom of his feet and the top of his head. Job is so miserable that he sits there. He takes a piece of broken pottery and he scrapes his skin. Pain inevitably afflicts each one of us. Suffering is unavoidable in this life. God's only Son, Jesus Christ, came down here to earth for 33 years. He was hated he was loved. He was beaten. He was tortured. He was nailed to a cross. And he did it 
as a ransom for us to pay for our sins. Jesus tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome this world. Fathers, men, you are the spiritual leader of your family. And if you're like me, I think to myself, how can I be the spiritual leader of my family when I don't know if I have enough spirituality for myself? So I do what most men do. I go ahead and just hit it head on. I grab my wife and my children and I take them to church. And it's a different environment, church, than anything I'm used to. So I come in late, I sit in the back, close to the door, in case anything weird goes on, I can just run out. And as soon as service is over, I run out the door. Sometimes I hear a message that speaks to me. I really like it. And sometimes I don't get anything out of it. What was he even talking about? Equipped with what I receive on Sunday, that's how I lead my family during the week. It's kind of like having a kiddie pool experience. It's pretty safe. No one's going to get hurt. But you're pretty limited. God wants us as men, as fathers, to move from the kiddie pool to the regular pool. But how are we supposed to do that? How do we move to the regular pool or the deeper waters with God? We need to get to know the Word of God. This here is the instruction book of life. It has the answers to all of your questions. Once we start getting God's Word in us, then we're able to cleanse our wife. We're able to cleanse our children with the washing of water through the Word. We're able to bring God's encouragement into our family. We're able to bring God's wisdom and His correction into our family. I wonder 
if the things that stand out to us as we read the Bible. I think of the parable of the talents that's found in Matthew 25. And if you have your Bible, why don't you turn there with me? Matthew 25, and I'll read it to you. We're starting in verse 14. And it says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two talents. And to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also, the one with the two talents, he gained two more. But the man who received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid the talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Maybe we find one or two or even five things that stick out to us as we read our Bibles. We invest them by talking about them when we're sitting at home. While we're driving the kids to school, when we wake up in the morning and right before we go to bed. If you think about it, who is it that you're around 
in your house. It's your family. It's your wife. I believe that when we invest in what we're learning from God's word, God will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. We don't want to be like the man who buried his talent. We don't want to take our Bible, throw it on the coffee table, and bury it with newspapers and magazines. Through the study of God's word, you will begin to know the very heart of God. It will help you discern right from wrong. You will see how much God loves us and that he has good intentions. And when the storms of life start crashing down around your family and on your family, you'll be able to stand firm because you're anchored to the rock who is the word of God. The Apostle Paul tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And the fear of God is just being afraid of straying from him. When I read this passage, it makes me think of a time when I was a young kid. I had three older brothers, and anything they would do, I wanted to do also. I remember being at the beach in Waikiki. They all put on their mask and snorkel, and they swam out to the reef. So I did the same thing. I get to the reef. Oh, and it's like a treasure chest. I find these fishing weights, and I'm so excited. I start stuffing them in my pocket. I swim some more. Oh, fishing weights. Pretty soon my pockets, all three of them, are bulging. I cannot put any more. They keep falling out. So I decide to not wait for my brothers because I want to be first to go back on the beach and show my dad my treasures. Put on my mask and snorkel and I start swimming back to the beach. Except I don't realize that the lower half of my body is way heavier than when I went out there. But I'm giving it the old Fort Sun try. And I inhale water through my snorkel. That's it. Game over. The mask comes off. I am floundering. I'm going down. And I'm thinking, this is it. (laughs) I messed up. And then, out of the blue, someone grabs me. And I latch onto them like a koala latches onto a eucalyptus tree. I had the death grip. It actually was some strange lady I didn't even know. (laughs) We're on the beach, and she tells me, you can let me go. We're out of the water, but I am still clinging to her like dear life. For that day, 
She was my Savior. And I believe that's what Paul was talking about. He wants us to hang on so tightly to God that we're so afraid that he's going to let us go, that something bad is going to happen. The book of Ephesians says, Children, honor your father and your mother, because this is the first commandment with a promise, that it'll go well with you, that you'll have a long life on this earth. And I think about that when I see people older than me. I was like, wow, they must really honor their parents. A bunch of you sent pictures. I got close to 50. And would you honor our fathers as we watch this video? God never answers Job's question about why all these things happened in his life. The lesson from Job is that we have to believe with all our heart, with everything we are, that God is sovereign. We have to believe with all our heart that everything God does is right and good. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?